Hello everyone, I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina. And this is Pathlight, and we're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program. And indeed, we hope you'll stay tuned for the entire, entire program today. In just a moment, we're going to be sharing with you a message entitled, A New Name. Did you know you have a new name if you're a born-again child of God? You don't know what that name is yet. I don't know what that name is yet for me, but uh, but we do have a new one, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Also, when God speaks to you, does he identify himself? You, you say, well, of course I can recognize the voice of God. I, I understand that. But sometimes God will identify himself in a special way, and we'd also like to be uh, be talking about that just a, uh, just a little bit if, here again, if you'll, uh, if you'll stay tuned today. I want to mention to you, if I can, in the opening moments of today's program about Christian Bible College, if you are interested in continuing your training as a layperson in the church, or perhaps you are a pastor or an evangelist or an educator, or you're involved in some other form of ministry, and you'd like to get a degree, whether it's a, an associate's degree or bachelor's, right on up to a doctorate, a Ph.D., we can help you with that at Christian Bible College. Now, since 1980, originally under the leadership of Dr. Cecil Johnson, Christian Bible College has been helping men and women around the world, literally through the avenue of correspondence, to get the Bible training that they need. This is a Bible-based curriculum. I want to encourage you to check it out. The website is christianbiblecollege.org. Again, that's christianbiblecollege.org. You'll find a, a listing there of the degrees that are offered, the courses that are offered. You'll also find the tuition is listed there, and I don't believe we've had a tuition increase in probably uh, 10 years or so. And uh, we're trying to maintain everything as uh, as uh, as reasonable as we possibly can so that more and more people can get that Bible training they need. So uh, check it out. Again, that's christianbiblecollege.org, and that will be the website. And again, today's message is entitled A New Name, and we'll get around to that in just a few moments. But right now, I've got a musical selection coming your way. This is Mark Bishop. On today's Pathlight program, it's called Jesus Listens. Like the woman drawing water from the well, all she needed was someone she
precious promises and one of the grandest things that we can know is that Jesus listens to his people when they cry out to him in prayer. When they cry out to him, Jesus listens. He's there. And also God the Father is listening, is he not, as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking today on the subject of a new name. I want you to imagine the scene for just a moment. You're riding down the road, maybe you and your family, and your automobile suddenly begins to sputter and, and ends up stalling while you're driving down a busy highway. Now, you try and try to get the car started. However, all your efforts fail. You do everything you know to do. You get out, you raise the hood, but, but you're not a mechanic. You're not sure what to do. You don't see anything obviously wrong with it, and... On top of that, you really don't know where to begin. Well, suddenly a man pulls up, and he pulls up in a truck, and he introduces himself as a mechanic from a nearby garage. He's on his way back to the garage and happened to see you having trouble there with your hood raised, and uh, and uh, and he says, uh, well, can I help you? Can, can I help you? Well, he certainly looks the part. He, he has the name of a garage uh, printed on the side of his truck, He's wearing the clothing of a mechanic. He even has grease on his clothes and a toolbox in his hand. But the question is, is he really a mechanic? Now, chances are he's exactly who he says he is. Chances are he is a mechanic. Chances are, and it looks like the evidence is there to back him up, that he is your best opportunity to get your car repaired so you can get back on the road. However, if you don't believe he is a mechanic. In spite of all the evidence that might be there, if you don't believe he is a mechanic, chances are you're going to send him upon his way and you're going to remain stuck on the side of the road. I, I remember reading of such an accident very similar to that involving a young man and his Model A Ford. Well, suddenly here again, this guy's riding down the road and the vehicle stalls and uh, he's unable to get the thing started. 
He gets out, looks under the hood, and starts tinkering around a little bit. And while he's doing that, an older gentleman came by and offered to help. An old-timer, if you will. Well, the young man looks at the old gray-haired fellow and, and said, Look, uh, I, I appreciate it, old man, but, but I'm pretty sure you don't know anything about cars. And, and I said, No, I, I, I don't think you can help me at all. So, so the man said, well, okay, I, you know, I'll be glad to help if I can, but if, if, you, if not, then that's okay. So he goes back, and the old man gets in his car and, and, and drives off. Now, who it was that actually drove off was Henry Ford. This guy looks at the fella and says, I don't think you can help me. I don't think you know anything about cars. So Henry Ford gets back into his car, continues on his journey down the muddy road. And since the young man didn't believe the stranger could help him, he robbed himself of the assistance he could have received from someone who probably knew that car inside out and certainly could probably help him get it started back. Now, in that story lies a principle of life. And that is that most people do not become what they really are to you until you confess you believe it. You have to believe that they're a crook before you're going to start putting up your guard and, and acknowledging that they're a crook. Uh, the physician cannot help you until you believe he really is a physician. You go there, you got an ache and pain, and this uh, and uh, this fellow who says he's a doctor, he's got this certificate hanging up on the wall. He's got an office. He's maybe dressed in uh, in a white lab coat or whatever, and and he says, "Well, look, I believe I can help you." He said, "I can give you some pills, and and I'm going to give you some things to do, and I I, I really believe it will uh, it will help you." Well, if, if you if you you look at him, so you know. I, I've been thinking, I, I don't believe you're really a doctor. And the guy said, well, that's, that's your privilege. If you don't want to think I'm a doctor, that's okay. But I assure you, I graduated medical school. I have hundreds of patients. Matter of fact, I've treated dozens of patients with your same ailment. And I've been able to help many of them. And I do believe I can help you. He said, no, I, I don't think you can. And you walk out of his office, you're going to walk out with the same pain that you entered in with. You're not going to let the plumber fix your leaking pipe until you become convinced he really is a plumber. doesn't matter the truck he drives up in or the fact he's got a monkey wrench on his belt. None of that really matters if you don't believe he is who he says he is. Now, I say all that to say this. Did you know our Lord has many names and titles? For those of you that have studied the Word of God, you're familiar with this. Consider just a few. El Shaddai, you've heard that before. It means Lord God Almighty. How about El Elyon? means the Most High God. These are all words that are contained in the Scripture. Adonai, you've heard that before, means Lord Master. Yahweh, I'm sure you've heard that one. Lord Jehovah, we usually uh, translate that Jehovah. Jehovah Nisai, meaning the Lord my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. That's what David would call him in Psalm 23. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, the Lord my healer. Many of us that have faced physical ailments have certainly called on Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is there. Jehovah Jireh, you've probably studied that. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide himself a lamb. Jehovah Jireh. As we study in the story of Abraham and Isaac, Jehovah Shalom. You know what Shalom means, of course. The Lord is peace. Now, when God speaks to you as he will, often through that still small voice of the Spirit, 
it might be wise to listen to see if he identifies himself in a special way. You might say, well, well when God speaks to me, I, I know it's God. He doesn't have to give his credentials. He doesn't have to ride up in a truck with his name on the side or anything like that. I mean, when God speaks, I, I, I know it's God. Well, that's a wonderful thing, and I'm sure you do. But many times, God will identify himself. Let's just suppose uh, we, we recently had the share of course, at the radio station. Let's just suppose you're praying to the Lord. You said, Lord, I, I really think I need to support the ministry there. But but I tell you, budget's tight. And boy, I tell you, everything's going up. And I'm just I'm just not sure I can uh, I can do that. Uh, Lord, I, I'd really like to. I want to support your work. I appreciate what those folks are doing. But I'm just not sure I can I can afford it. Uh, Lord, can you tell me what to do? And maybe God will speak to you in some way, and he might identify himself. He might identify himself as the Lord that provides. He might say, I am Jehovah Jireh. And you might notice that word coming from God, and God is telling you by his very name itself, I will provide. I'll meet your need. You do what you feel I'm leading you to do, and I will, I will provide you. Many times people have faith in prayer to pray for the sick because they, they get a word or, 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 or hear that unction from the Lord of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. When God speaks to you, it will be wise to listen to see if he identifies himself in any particular way. Now, he may not. He may just uh, just acknowledge that he's your father, that he's your Lord. He might just acknowledge that this is your Lord God speaking to you. But sometimes God will identify himself. How do you know that? Because I know he did it often in the Old Testament. He will identify himself in a, in, in a special way. Listen to how he identifies himself. Often he'll only identify himself based on your specific need at the time. You, if you're going through a tough time, might, be, uh, might feel the presence of El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Uh, if you're feeling alone and, and like you're going through a valley, uh, you might feel the presence of Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. If you feel like things are going tough for you and, and boy, there's anxiety in your life, you, you, might feel, you might feel a touch from Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Now, we're instructed in the model prayer to hallow the name of God. So when God speaks to you, it's wise to listen to how he identifies himself. Often he'll identify himself based upon your specific need. Confession of your belief in his name activates it in your life. He says, I've magnified my name even above my word. So I want to encourage you to do that. That belief in God's name may activate it in your life just as it does with the plumber, just as it does with the plumber whom you're not going to allow to fix your pipe until you're convinced he knows what he's doing, or the mechanic. You're not going to let him touch your car until you're convinced he is a mechanic and knows what he's doing. And likewise with God, until you are convinced that God will provide, you're not going to give. Faith is agreeing with God regarding who he says he is. As I mentioned a moment ago, the model prayer where we're told to hallow the name of Christ, hallow the name of God, 
to hallow God's name means we make it holy or set it apart to be exalted as being worthy of absolute devotion. To hallow, to hallow the name of God is to regard him with complete devotion and loving admiration. It means we are always to rejoice in God's name and think deeply upon its true, its true meaning. One of the most important ways to respect God is found in the third commandment, which concerns the sanctity of God's name. We're commanded by God to honor and respect his name, where he says this, "Ye shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Exodus 20, verse number 7. Now, you say, well, that means cursing and blasphemy and stuff like that, indeed. But the word vain also means empty, useless, false, unreal, worthless. In other words, to acknowledge the name of God as being worthless. In short, taking God's name in vain refers to the abuse, misuse, blasphemy, cursing, manipulation of the Lord's name. It would also involve, I believe, trivializing his name by looking at it as being insignificant. That God, you are my provider, but I really don't believe that. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord, my healer, but I really don't don't believe that. I'm looking at your name. I know you say you, you're all these things, Lord. You're Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. You're Jehovah Nisei, the Lord, my banner. You're Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. But I really don't think all that's true. I don't acknowledge, I don't acknowledge that. So if you're in need of comfort and our Lord manifests himself to meet your need, you must believe he is God, the God who can comfort Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, or the blessing he brings may not be realized. We can easily apply this principle to a person who's not a Christian. We instruct the non-believer that he must personally believe Jesus Christ can forgive his sin and he must accept him in the role of Savior. Sometimes we fail to realize the same principle applies to the believer as well. When we say you need to receive Christ, acknowledge you're a sinner, receive Christ as your Savior, He is the Savior. He's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He is called the Lamb of God. And someone says, well, well, I, I, I don't accept that title. I don't, I don't believe that. Then they're going to be lost. They have to believe He is who He says He is. And the same is true about God. You might also notice in the scriptures that God changes people's names. Also, as he changes their destinies, he often changes their names. The names of certain persons in the Bible seem to define their character or the, at least the unfolding of events in their lives. God was establishing a new identity that he wished them to embody. For example, Abram, which means father, was changed to Abraham, father of many. Sarah, my princess, was changed to Sarai, mother of nations. Then we have Jacob, the supplanter. That's what that means. His name was changed to Israel, which means peace. In the New Testament, we learn of Simon, which means God has heard. God changed his name to Peter, which means rock. It's quite clear that Peter was not a rock oftentimes. He often ran hot or cold, depending on the circumstances. However, However, with the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter became the stabilizing influence for the new church. Indeed, he became the rock. Sometimes God may call us by a name or title we don't immediately recognize. Do you remember when God called Gideon a mighty man of valor? You remember that? At the time, it seemed like to, to, to be tremendously out of place. I'm sure it even seemed that way to Gideon. 
There was nothing in Gideon's actions that showed courage. He was in hiding at that very moment. Yet God saw it differently. When God looked at Gideon, he didn't just see a person hiding out. He saw Gideon as he would ultimately become. And listen, that may be the way God speaks to you. God may call you a mighty man of valor, a mighty giver, a mighty preacher, a mighty Sunday school teacher. God might refer to you in that regard. God might refer to you as a mighty witness or whatever the case might be. And, and you might just let it go over your head and say, well, Lord, you, you got me mixed up with somebody else. You, you, you're obviously not talking to me. That's, that, that's not me at all. But God is calling what is not as though it were because he will make it so just as he did in the life of of Gideon. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, As a Christian, when God looks at us, he sees in us a reflection of his Son, the very righteousness of God himself. Now, today, you may be going through a difficult time. You may be going through a tough time right now. Or maybe you've been going through some dark valley for much longer than you might even care to admit to anyone else. But even when you can't see yourself as amounting to much in Christian life, God sees much more in you. Even if no one else believes in you, even if, if you can't even believe in yourself at the moment, you need to abandon your own thoughts and accept the Word of God which identifies us. And listen for what God might be calling you. Because God might be calling you by that name, by that name that, that you don't even recognize. Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Gideon says, I don't know who you're talking to, Lord, but it's obviously not me. I'll also mention in haste that there's a big name change coming to all of us who are saved. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in that stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. How about that? When we reach heaven, God will also change our names. I, I, I don't know. Perhaps it will represent our own changed identity as we transition from dwelling in sinful flesh to being in the very holy presence of God. Every believer will have a new name given by God himself. Uh, what, what are you basing your identity on today? Pain? Are you uh, placing your identity, basing your identity on your badness, on your goodness? As a believer in Christ Jesus, your identity is that of a new self, a born-again self, a redeemed self, a blood-washed self. You, you might say, I'm, I'm Larry the late. Or I'm I'm Betty the busybody, or or I'm Gladys the gossip, or I'm 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 Tom the undependable, or whatever the case might be. But God looks at you, and He calls you by a name that might not rec that might not be in total harmony with what you are right now, but is is what God has in mind for you. Each of God's children one day is going to get a new name, and the new name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The new name is not just an identifying tag as our names are on earth, you know, that you might wear on your shirt or something or stick a little badge there that says, hey, my, my name is, is John or my name is George. This new name means something. It says something about the individual. 
This new name totally describes that person. And it's, it's, it's special because God gives it to you. It is God's assessment of the person you are and the person you are in his family. The white stone with the new name in it expresses what God thinks of that person. That name symbolizes what God has done in them. And it even a means of personal worship and praise between Christ and the bearer because we realize that whatever my new name is, whatever my new name is, I realize that any good in me and any good that might be might be noted by that new name is only because of Jesus Christ. As it denotes the individuality of the person who bears it, that name is also a picture of that person's soul and position in the body of Christ. So a new name. I, I basically taught two separate lessons today. Number one, I've taught a lesson that said you need to recognize the names of God because once in a while, God will identify himself to you by name, by a special name, and that name will help you. That name will help you to determine to determine what God might want you to do, what God might want to do in your life at that moment. If he wants to provide through you, he might identify himself as, as the provider, as God, the, the provider. So listen, listen to that holy name, that holy name, that holy name of the Lord. But we've also talked today about the fact that God often calls you by a name that you might not recognize. Because that name is, well, that's, that's your new name. That's your new name. You may have a testimony of being undependable, but God says, no, your new name is, is Danny the Dependable, because that's what I want from you. You might be Fred the Faithless, but God says, no, I'm going to change your name. From now on, you're going to be faithful. God changes our names and sometimes he will call you just as he did by Gideon by a name that you might not freely recognize. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's here thinking, who in the world could he possibly be talking about? Well, you listen out. You listen out for what God might be calling you. Because that might be, that very well might be God's plan for you. God's plan for you in the future as you follow through on that name, that new name that God gives you. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast today. These programs are a blessing to you. We would enjoy enjoy hearing from you. Today we're talking about the concept of a new name. Our message is not only available on radio, but also on the Facebook site of Go Mix Radio, Christian Bible College, and Pathway Christian Academy. You can also check out the Path Light podcast because They'll be there along with some archives that you can look up at some of the past messages of the past. Well, till next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying, may God richly bless you as my prayer. You have a wonderful, wonderful week as you continue to walk in the very presence of our Lord. <laughs>